Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. That is why we exist, man. We exist to make Jesus famous. Will y'all just give it up for the worship team one more time, man? Great job. Um, yeah, so, man, again, good to have uh, Pastor Kevin and Kelly here with us, man. We are just so excited for y'all to be here. Uh, man, anyway, so here we go. So, uh, last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking. Um, we have a lot of influx of new folks, and we come to this place where we're like, man, you need to know who and what we are. If you're going to be a part of this, you kind of got to know what you're getting into. Because I hate getting into something. And have you ever got a free vacation somewhere and you didn't know it was really a timeshare gig and then you end up spending your whole vacation saying no? Or ladies, you thought you were going on a date and you ended up with an octopus? You know what I'm talking about. Like, like, like you've been there, right? So we, we said, man, if you're going to be a part of us, you need to know what we are. So we took the end of 2023 and we said, man, we, we, we exist to make Jesus famous. Let's talk about what that looks like. Um, but the process for how we do that is we want to, we want people to know, grow, and go in God. So, so those two things work together to make this, this really neat process. But in that, we figured out that, that if you're going to be a part of us, you need to know that we're that church. So what happened is this, is, is we started out as a small church that people didn't know where we were. I'm okay with that, right? Jesus said, don't, don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, I'm, dude, I'm down with nobody knowing me. Fair enough. But then, somewhere in the mix, we left being the small church nobody heard about, and we switched into, they're that church. <laughs> Fair enough. So, like, like, it started during COVID. Everybody remembers the Rolling Rock, uh, Corona to Rolling Rock show. Yeah, if you're new, uh, we, we really got Ovid over the whole COVID uh, Corona situation. So, we did a shirt. It was kind of a beer Shirt, I'm done with Corona. I'm moving on to Rolling Rock, and then had a beer thing. It had an empty tomb, but it was all in beer fonts. Yeah, it was it was dope. Uh, everybody loved it, but church people, uh, not our church people. Our church people were great with it. They're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. The rest of the world had a problem with it. Then, so we left that evidently, and we became the Skinny Jeans Church. Now, I'm just going to tell you, the only person that I really know of that wears skinny jeans in our church is me. And here's the reason why. I have no leg shape. My back goes to my ankles. I don't wear them because they're fashionable. I wear them because they're one of the few things that actually fits my body type. And if we go to bell bottoms, which I heard are coming back, I'm not. I'm getting off the fashion train at skinny jeans. I wait on y'all to come back around. So if we're going to be known for a church, we are that church. Fair enough. Uh, we were also known <laughs> for the dumbass decisions comment that your pastor made. So we were in a series called Don't Take the Bait. And we talked about in North Carolina, there are no pink or purple speckled with, with glitter worms that I've ever seen. And if you see one, move. Because that's not natural. But somewhere in North Carolina, because my son is a bass fisherman, you, he threw this purple bait in and he catches this bass. And I'm thinking, this has got to be the dumbest bass ever because that is not normal. Like that, You can't sit there and think, wow, that's real. So my son literally caught the dumbest bass in the pond. And here's what we said, that when we take the bait of Satan, it's usually because of our dumb bass decisions. 
That's funny. Unless. Then, and one of these was not on purpose. But So we also use secular music a lot in our services to make points. We also use them in our events just because I like 80s music. Okay, because I don't think that everything you do has to be super spiritual. Now, there are some things we're not going to listen to because they are against the message of Christ. But then there's just some to the left. To the... There are just some things that take you down memory lane. Ice. Ice, baby. So we got known for being that church. Now, here's what, here's what I want you to understand. If you're looking for a church that, that is super big on looking the part, go somewhere else. Um, I'm not going, if, if you get married or die, I'll show up in a suit. Outside of that, you're on your own. If you invite me to a family function, it's probably going to look like this. If you invite me to meet your boss, it's going to look like this. If you all ask me to come meet your future in-laws, it's going to look like this is probably as good as it's going to get. I'm going to say words like dope to people that have no idea what I'm talking about. But here's what I will promise you is that I started following Jesus not to create a church. That was Jesus' plan. I started serving Jesus because I really was afraid of going to hell. My whole ministry developed because I wanted other people to have the hope that I felt when I found Jesus. So I'm not interested in being the perfect pastor. I'm interested in being the perfect son. I'm interested in being the perfect son of God. And if that means that some people don't like... Because when I said dumb bass, I think Jesus is like, that's funny. <laughs> Because I'm tired of messages that people don't remember. The whole point of this is for you to leave here and, and I don't know, maybe we should do a song about it one day, Liz. And like Monday, your faith is still growing. And Tuesday, people, people come up to me all the time and they're like, man, that was a good message. And while I appreciate that, you know, I, I will take a compliment in a minute. Can I just be honest? Like compliment anything you want to about me. I'm happy. Like the Reverend Bon Jovi said this. He said... If you don't love me, lie to me. I give you permission before God and man. It's okay. Just throw me a compliment here or there. But here's really the measure of a good message is not how you enjoy it on Sunday. Are you still chewing it on Wednesday? When you're on the interstate Friday at 5, after dealing with your hellacious boss all week, after putting up with the kids that you prayed for but God gave you, after living all week with that spouse that you begged the Lord not to let you be alone, but you weren't really sure what you signed up for, but now it's Friday and you got to spend three days with those folks? You're figuring out why Jesus went to the tomb over the weekend. I'm just saying that... Where's your faith then? Where's your faith while you're waiting on the doctor's report? Where's your faith while you're... See, that's the measure of real faith. And so we say this, man, we're not interested. I don't think Jesus was ever interested in being religious. I'm not a religious person. I'm a relationship guy. 
People ask me all the time, what denomination are you? And I'm like, man, don't pigeonhole me like that. Don't do that to me. Jesus was not a fill in the blank. Jesus was Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. And like, um, I do the stuff Jesus did. I try to. And I try not to do the stuff I, I, I'm naturally inclined to do. Sometimes I win. Sometimes I lose. But don't label me. Because you label me, I'm going to mess you up. Somebody said, are you a Baptist? I said, I'm, I'm a Baptist on Red Bull. I'm a, I'm a Methodist on speed. Or I'm a charismatic with the seatbelt. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I don't know. I just, I look at what the Bible says and then I try to do it. So, so in that, we go, we go, man, if we really look missionally that we're to make Jesus famous and our job is to know, grow, and go, then really what we've got to do is forget what we've seen and look at what Jesus did. Because here's what I believe. Um, no matter who you are, whether you're Jesus or somebody else, you say the most important things last. You're getting ready to walk out of the door and you've talked about laundry needing to be done and oil needing to be changed and what bills were due and, and what kind of crazy day you had. And then right before you leave, most of us look at our family and we go, hey babe, I love you. Hey kids, I love you. Hey, remember to be safe this morning. It, there may be some ice on the road. Hey, right? Because we say the most important things last. Well, according to Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20, Jesus says one of the most important things last. He says this, he's like, now 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mounts which Jesus had directed. And when they saw him there, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And every time I read this, and I know I've used this text quite a bit recently, but is it possible to have faith and doubt? One dude looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, I believe, but even so help my unbelief. Well, that sounds double-minded. It's not. Because you can believe something in your heart, but question it in your mind. Your mind is the battlefield trying to get to your heart. People all the time go, man, I, I keep having these thoughts. It must be the devil. Let me, let me help you. It is. But just because you think it doesn't make it a sin. It makes it a battle. Because I can know something in my heart, but question it in my head. Have you ever known your kid was okay, but you started blowing their phone up because you just had to make sure they were okay? Have you ever knew your spouse was okay, but you had to blow the phone up just to make sure? Not that it was even reasonable or logical, but you had to do it. So Jesus is talking and He's like, he's like man, you got to understand that there were these people who believed, but some doubted. And I think some of those people were the same people. And He goes on and He says this, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Me. Therefore, here's your job. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I love this verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Not everything in the Bible. Not everything that is ever going to be said about God, but just what I've commanded, what I've shown you. What I've taught you. See, what people want to do is they want to, they want to start in this place where they know God, right? Because our, our thing is that knowing God is putting people in the tension of answering the question, who is Jesus? It's a couple thousand year old question. He's either Messiah, He's crazy, or He's a myth. Figure it out. That's not our job to figure out for you. We want to put you in the tension where you have to make the decision. Makes sense? That's why, that's why our salvations are kind of low-key because I don't want to create an emotional moment that you have to wrestle with the tension of later. I want you to wrestle with the tension of it on the front end. So that Jesus said, they said, man, nobody builds a house without counting the cost. Man, what have you figured out? The tension of knowing God is something. But then he, he says, man, then I want you to grow. Grow is absorbing some knowledge. Not all the knowledge. You don't have to know everything. You just have to know 
something. And then he said, man, I want you to go teach what you know. I want you to share what you know. Then he goes on and he says this, and behold, I'm with you always. Jesus said, man, I'm never going to leave you, even to the end of the age. He said, man, he said, man I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be with you. And so he, Jesus teaches us this really cool thing. And anybody here fairly flexible? Nobody whatsoever. Come here, come here, come here. You spit coffee on somebody last week. Might as well serve. It's a whole story. During our leaders meeting last week, she was sitting in front of Jesse. And evidently I said something funny. No, it was Jay. Oh, it was Jay. Jay said something funny, which is really a move of God. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. Jay's in the back. Um, Jay's phenomenal. And Jay said something funny. And she spit coffee all over the back of Jesse's head and through her nose. So here's what happens. Ready. So what happens is we create a moment in knowing God that there's a dividing line. There's a, there's a starting point for the race. Do you know how to race? All right, all right so, so, so get on that side. Get ready. You're going to run a race. Paul said, I ran a good race. I fought a good fight. I finished the course, right? He, he does this whole thing. You have to be okay. You're on stage. Don't worry about all the people looking at you and the ones online and the fact that this will live in infamy online. So anyway, you've done worse. You've got social media. Okay. So what happens is somebody gives their life and, and have you ever run track? Yeah. Have you seen pictures? Okay, get in the ready position to run a race. Yeah. All right, so ready? Then you get a little knowledge and it's set, right? She's in the set position. She's like, ready, set. Here's the problem. Here's where most Christians stop. Now, I'm going to talk for a few minutes and she's going to stay in that position. Oh, you've already cheated. Can I ask you a question? Why did you, why did you lower down to sit on your back foot? Why would that matter? It, 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 it's super comfortable. It's always comfortable to stay in the position. Remember, there are two things people hate. The way things are and change. Can I say this? If you don't vote, don't talk politics. If you didn't make dinner, don't complain about it. <laughs> Nobody aim in politics but dinner. Praise the Lord. Don't complain about how much the devil is running rampant in our culture if you're still sitting on the starting line. Because what happens if she stays here? One, she's gonna she's gonna settle into a position of comfort. Or if she stayed in the really ready to race position, what's gonna happen is after about fifteen or twenty seconds, she's gonna get really irritable, and she's not gonna run her race. She's gonna complain to me. So you wonder why so many churches fight among themselves? It's because they're not running the race. They're ready, set, argue. You can have a seat. <laughs> She's like, I was really afraid I was going to have to run. Because in this place, that would be eventful. So here's the thing. Well, where are you in the journey? Like, can I be honest with you? I think there are some people that are here today and you're, you're, you're really wrestling with the ready position. You're, you're, you're wrestling with the tension of start. And some people have learned some stuff, but they don't have confidence that they can run. Can I be honest with you? And, and, and the reason they can't run 
is, is a really good runner will get down and they'll take their mark and they've got their hand placed and they're ready to push off for that first thing and, and they're looking ahead, not beside them. See, most racers will tell you that if you take time to look beside you, you'll lose the psychological battle before you ever lose the physical battle. I wonder this. I wonder if in, inside of the church, being the big C church, right? Or, and really, can I take it a step further? Inside of Thrive Church. That's when we get quiet. We're okay with it being an us problem. I just don't want it to be a me problem. You ever been in an argument and figured out you were wrong? What do you do? Yeah, you take that boat to the, to the bottom of the ocean. You're just like, I am not wrong. Jesus, forgive me in my mind, right? Like, like. But really, really, people that are committed to growing and, and leading will admit their failures and then do something about it. You ever woke up, looked in the mirror, and you thought, who's that fat guy? Yeah. Time to do something about it. For me, it's Monday, right? <laughs> Next Monday. Um, so, so the point is, is if you're if you're going to run your race, you've you've got to make your decision to go to the line. That's accepting Jesus. But then you've got to get ready. You've got to get a little bit of knowledge. But don't have all the knowledge. Run. Do something. My dad used to look at me, and and I'm a I'm a doer now. My dad looked at me one time. He said, son, do something if it's wrong. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> we have a culture inside of our church that says, hey, if you're, if you're a team lead, we want you to break something. Yeah, do something. If it's wrong, do it. We would rather you step outside the box. Sometimes I walk up to a leader, if I feel like they're in, in a stuck spot, and I'm like, hey, w- when did you break something last? When did you try something that failed? Oh, we don't do that. Y'all, yeah, we do. That's kind of that's who we are. We spent one Christmas and poured all this money into a, into a big Christmas outreach. Here's what we figured out. And this is free. You remember this? Like we spent, we social media blasted. We, I mean, dude, it was everywhere. Like we were giving stuff away. We sold off reindeers. We gave Santa Claus away. Like, like free trips to the elves. Um, it wasn't, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so anyway, so what happened was, was we figured this out. Nobody visits the church on Easter. I mean, on Christmas. Easter's your money spot. How do we know that? Because we spent like two grand and got an education. <laughs> what if God said this? I'd like for you to do some stuff and win, but I want you to do some stuff and fail so that you fail forward. Remember the disciples come back to Jesus. Jesus sends them out and says, hey, cast out demons and heal the sick, do all this stuff. And then they come back and they're like, Jesus, we couldn't, we couldn't deal with this one thing. Jesus said, well, some things only come out by prayer and fasting. And then He does it, right? What do you think the campfire talk looked like? So let's talk about prayer and fasting, Jesus. Does this make sense? So, so w- William's here. William is, is second in EMS, but he also is like second or third, I always forget this, in, in our local rescue uh, department. I've worked with him for a long time. And and uh, he was actually a chief of one of the fire departments I was at as well. And and I, we were cutting open a car and I just got stuck. And finally, because uh, uh, he's a great chief, he's, he's good to stand back and watch until you don't know what to do anymore. And then he comes in and he puts a tool in that I'd never used and he rolls this dash. We get this patient out. And I looked at him like, 
once the patient's gone, I didn't do it with them there, right? And I'm like, dude, how did you do that? And he goes, yeah, we'll cover that in a little bit. Well, next training, I was poking him on the shoulder. I don't know what we have planned, but I want to know what that is and how it works. Jesus is a great chief. But sometimes a chief will let you get in a position to where you don't know how to work a tool so that you learn the skill of working a tool. Because everything about God is a tool that makes us better. And sometimes you've got to fail forward. Sometimes you've got to be okay that, hey, I got in this conversation with somebody and they asked me a question I don't know. And here's the thing. Don't be the Christian that makes stuff up. Well, the third bowl says, no, don't do that. Does this make sense? Hey, look, I don't know, but let's learn that together. Let's, hey, why don't you come to church and we'll ask the pastor. Abba, Ahab. Luke 19.10 says this. It says, man, Jesus came, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. The missional. Jesus said, hey, I want you to be like me, right? So if Jesus went and saved that which was lost, what's your job? Man, it's my job to go seek and save that which is lost. Because James 2, 14-18 is this whole conversation. It says, uh, what good is it, brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can, can that faith save him? There's a conversation going on. He says, man, you can tell me you believe all you want to, but until you do something about it, do you really believe it? I believe in parachutes. I believe in parachutes. I believe if I jumped out of this plane, I'd be okay. Well, jump. No, I'm good. <laughs> then do you really believe? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? Can I be honest with you? I think this is where the church falls a ton. People need Jesus. This world's going to hell in a handbasket. I can't even watch the news anymore. Somebody needs to do something. Can you imagine calling the fire department and your house is on fire and they're like, that's a fire. That's, that's a good one. Somebody should do something. Can you imagine calling the police and be like, hey, I think somebody's breaking into my house. Woo, woo, woo. Yep, they're breaking in. We confirmed it. Somebody should do something. What about EMS? EMS shows up. We have a ton of first responders. EMS shows up. Somebody, somebody is unresponsive and, and you walk up and you're like, man, somebody really needs to help this patient or they're bleeding. And they're like, man, somebody should put pressure on that and wrap it with a bandage. Can I be honest? I think that there's a world waiting on us to take action instead of watching and looking. Instead of telling people what's wrong, what if we went and seeked and saved that which is lost? What if, what if we gave them the things that they need? Sometimes people need a word of hope. Sometimes people need a, cur a word of encouragement. He says this, he said, also, faith with by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 18, he said, but someone, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Can I just tell you what Paul writes? He said, hey Bo, put your money where your mouth is. That's Southern. Show me. 
You say you believe in Jesus? Show me. You say you believe in prayer? Great. Pray for me. You say you say you believe that people can change? Believe in my change. Do something. You ever watch two seventh graders get ready to get in a fight? Look like two little bird-chested peacocks. Do something. Don't you do something. You cross this line. You knock this chair. Do something. Punk. And then they do the dance. Finally, a teacher shows up. Do we have a problem here? No, we ain't got a problem. I punked him down. No, you didn't. You looked the part. Somebody really wants to fight, they're not going to take their shirt off. They're just going to pop you in the face. See, there are Christians that want to posture, and there are Christians that want to get in the fight. Anybody ever been in a fist fight? Anybody ever been in a fist fight and you didn't get hit back? Those are far and few between. When You're probably a better fighter than I am. Because every fight I've ever got into, it was a tussle. It was a moment. Every fight I've ever been in the devil with, whether for myself or for somebody else, has been a tussle. I threw some haymakers, Bo. I mean, I... I, I got a pound of flesh. Anybody ever said this? I may not win the fight, but you're going to know I was there. Pack a lunch while you're here. We're going to be a minute. When was the last time you went, you know what? I'm going to help that person find Jesus, and I'm going to pack a lunch because it's going to be a minute. You know what? I'm going to make sure that I walk with them through this sickness, through this tragedy, through this thing, but I'm going to pack a lunch because it's going to be a minute. How many of you all love instant faith, but you hate stovetop faith? I love turkey, but here's a quick note. You can't microwave it. Put a whole turkey in the microwave and watch what happens. While it's fun, it's not profitable. I love the moments where God instantly does stuff. But the stuff that really grows me is when I have to go through the process. And there's nothing wrong with fighting for faith. Fighting to put action behind your faith. Last scripture, John, 1 John 4.19 says this. It says, we love because He loved us first. We love. We love how He loves. We love the kind of people He loves. We believe in people that nobody else believes in. Why? Because that's what He did for us. I want you to think about the pre-Jesus version of you. Can I be honest? I stood in contempt of God. I was the dude nobody thought would be a pastor. My wife and I still meet friends from high school and they're like, what are you doing now? I'm like, ah, dude, I'm a pastor. And they're like, no, really, what are you doing? I'm like, eh, that's what I'm doing. You're lying. Kind of goes against the job description. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. They have a hard time believing because the, the Jesus that loved me Loved me when I was unlovable. He believed in me when I wasn't believable. He trusted in me when I was untrustworthy. Now my job is to help people see that same truth about them. Why? Because the way He loved me, I have to send it back. Here's the great thing. Love, if, if people love you and you love people, most people are going to love you because you love them first. 
Somebody's got to go first. Might as well be me. Now, I'm going to prepare you. You're going to get hurt. It's a fight. It's a fight for love. It's a, it's a fight for people. It's a fight for influence. But what are you going to do to really change your world? So as we come to close, here's, here's kind of the, here's kind of the, the thoughts. Um, so this week we had a guy who, a very, very nice job, makes really good money, and, and he's high enough up that if he does something, it's going to get seen. We had a stack of our invite cards, and he went to their break room, and he stuck them on the board. And he took a picture of it and goes, well, I'm either going to get fired, nobody's going to take these, or I'm going to make Jesus famous. And he went back in the next day and there was one card left. And he took a picture and he said, well, good news is I'm not fired. But obviously somebody took some of these, but not all. It's just my way of making Jesus famous. We're not asking you to stand on the street corner with a megaphone. I don't even think door-to-door -door evangelism is all that effective anymore. Here's what I believe. I think that God gave you influence. Your job is to influence the people that God put in your world. So how do we do that? One, at the welcome table, there are a ton of the invite cards. One side's got all of our info. The second one says, you can sit with me. Write your name on it, even if they know you. The second thing, uh, do you know that most people come to church because of a personal invitation? They come because somebody they know invited them. That's how they end up here. And the third is bribery. No, listen, Marvin was on shift, medic one, uh, here in town. And he came because we called him and said, hey, we got extra hot dogs, you want to come? And Marvin said, I never turned down a free dog because I'm a first responder. Listen, you first responder, you eat when you can eat. All my first responders say amen. Look, and you don't eat like everybody else. <laughs> Here's what I believe. I believe that, that if you look at somebody and go, look, how many of y'all, if you needed to move, you know that, that a dinner could get one of your buddies to help you move a sofa? I would say beer, but we're preaching, right? Not that I'm advocating that. I'm just saying, you know, you know how to get your friends to do what you need them to do. When are you going to take your, your influence and use it for Jesus? You've got it. Man, if they'll help you move a sofa upstairs, a sleeper sofa upstairs. If you got people that will come tow your car in the middle of the night, come on. You got buddies that'll come help you fix plumbing or wiring in the middle of the night. You got somebody that would be your alibi if you needed it. If you got somebody that would help you dig a hole if you needed it. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I felt like I had a moment going there. You know what I mean? But if you have all these people that you have influence in, but you're not really using it for the kingdom of God, why do you have it? So here's, what, here's our ask. There's not a, you're not going to leave here without an ask this morning. Our ask is that, man, grab a couple of invite cards. Take to social media. Do what you can to go. 
It's your job. It's your calling to make Jesus famous. May not be, it may not be how you get a paycheck, but never mistake your paycheck for your calling. Listen, if I didn't get a paycheck, I would do this. I do it for free. I, I listen, I love showing up and doing stuff for free. I love when, when people like Pastor Kevin give me an opportunity to speak to new people. Why? Because, man, if I can share the gospel with somebody, you put me in an elevator on a cruise ship and I start telling people about Jesus. My wife will actually tell you that is the gospel. I, I'll be praying for people with marriage problems. Why? Because this isn't, this isn't something I preach. It's something I live. When, when, when following Jesus becomes something you do, that you are not something you do, you stop being religious and you start becoming passionate. Does this make sense? Let's pray. Father, as we come to close, I just, man, I ask that you give us the courage that it takes to share the gospel with as many people as possible, as many ways as possible. Father, I ask that, that in this moment, God, that you stir something up inside of us, God, that causes us to push to a calling. God, I also wonder if there's somebody in, in this house who, or, or watching online that is far away from you, that doesn't know you, or maybe they've wandered away. And today's the day of their homecoming. Today's the day where they make a decision that they're going to follow you, that they're going to serve you, that they're going to give their life to you, God, that they're going to accept your forgiveness for their sins. If that's you, we just slip your hand up. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Can you do me a favor for the, for the hand that was raised? Can we just all pray together? At Thrive Church, we don't do anything alone. Faith was never meant to be experienced alone. It's only meant to be experienced in, in groups. Can we do this? Can we just all pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. Today I receive my salvation paid for by Jesus. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. Can you all give this guy a round of applause? Biggest decision you can make. Now, um, all around... Do you have a tag? Somebody's got a tag. Can I have a tag? All around the room, just chunk it or hand it. Either way, you're great. Thank you, Misty. All around the church, there are people with these tags. Um, they are here to serve you, not just coffee, park cars, make sure your kids aren't crazy, all that stuff. What these folks are here to do is they're here to help you connect with Jesus. So if, if you raised your hand today and you're like, man, I need to get on a process of following Jesus, we have a discipleship plan that we do one-on-one -on -one with folks because everybody learns at different levels in different ways. We would love to connect you with somebody. Um, to help you on your journey. Because just like relationships with people aren't intuitive, a lot of times relationships with God, we have questions and we, we need help along that journey. So if you raise your hand or, or you gave your life to Jesus online, you need to see one of the people with cards. You can email us at amen at Thrive Church online. And we will connect you either uh, digitally or in person with somebody. And uh, we just want to make sure that, that you start your journey and your, your growth well with Jesus. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.